What makes an ad memorable? What makes an ad effective? Does anyone other than Eric and Matt care? Answers to these questions and everything their wives never wanted to know about advertising await you in this episode of Eric and Matt Like Ads. I'm Matt, and this is episode one of Eric and Matt Like Ads. Do you think this is a good idea, Matt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Really, you sure? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, I've never actually done one of these before. Not like this. I've been a guest on podcasts before, but I've never actually like hosted one before. Um, this is harder than it looks, dude. It is. Uh, it is, you know. Uh, about an hour into us trying to shoot our first episode and we're now just starting it so and we're at the, yeah. the, and, and we're at about like 12 seconds of runtime <clears throat> yeah that's okay and, and and we started planning this was it six weeks ago so what yeah we something like do? that we should have brought somebody in on this to that's the lesson learned is eric and matt not only like ads but eric and matt need to be organized and they need yeah. they need a handler well you, you know, know what we'll get that for episode two yeah, yeah. In the in the last few weeks, um, you know, just around the office here, uh, people have sort of been making jokes about uh, how prepared um, we think we are, and maybe we're not. And yeah, I get it now. Yeah, they're right. That's okay. Whatever, you know. But cool. it, it's not right. everyone around the office likes ads. All right, it's Eric and Matt yeah. like ads. So there. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. But um, you know, it's not Eric. Yeah, right. It's not Eric and Matt like podcasts. You know, we're just trying to do one. Or Eric and Matt like to be really organized and structured. Yeah. You know, so this isn't, you know, this isn't what we're best at, but uh, we're going to talk about something that at least I think we're pretty good at. Yeah, I'd say decent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about today? Uh, We're going to be talking about some ads today, Matt. Um, I know, I know. Um, Yeah, so I thought like, so uh, inaugural episode, right? We should probably like come out like hot and fresh, you know? So it was something that people can remember and maybe like also um, thought was awesome as well. Uh, So I thought first episode, let's go big. Uh, Let's go Snickers. You're not you when you're hungry. What do you think? Mm. You remember some of those? I, like I could go for a Snickers right now. I need a little pick-me-up. Yeah, I can't. I'm actually allergic to, to peanuts, but that's neither here nor there. I'll get through that's it. Scary. That's fine. I can talk about peanuts. I just can't eat them. Okay, good. Yeah. Great. So, yeah. So, for this episode, we're talking about the Snickers, You're Not You When You're Hungry campaign. Um, so, Snickers, everybody knows Snickers, right? It's like a super, super popular global um, candy bar uh, <clears throat> made by the Mars Company, invented back in the early 30s and named after a horse. Didn't know that actually in researching this. Snickers was named after a horse. Frank Mars, the uh, inventor and founder, his wife bought a bunch of horses after he died and named the Snickers bar after one of the horses because she wanted to name something after one of the horses. Not sure why. Anyway. Can I, can I interject here? I No. I did no, know that. Go ahead. What? I did. I don't know how. Well, do you want, maybe that. you should be doing this part. No. No, I shouldn't. Um, I don't know how I knew that, uh, where I learned that, but that is something that is 
stuck in this part of my brain somewhere. It must be all the betting on ponies that you do. Was I not supposed to share that detail? So, uh, so I guess Snickers wasn't doing so well before this campaign. Sales had been declining for years. They were having a hard time really zeroing in on a messaging strategy um, that would help uh, kind of reverse those declining sales. And so they brought in BBDO. I guess they're like a, you know, right, a big advertising agency. I don't know, maybe you've heard of them. Did you know the O in BBDO it stands for Osborne, as in Alex Osborne, as in like the father of brainstorming also by the way buffalo new york right i'm gonna i'm gonna bum i'm gonna bum you out here i i did know that once again i did know that <laughs> yeah you sure you shouldn't be doing this part this is just i feel like this is just one enormous setup anyway so bbdo come in and they say okay like we've well, been trading on these kind of big ideas of satisfaction on one side and uh <clears throat> the idea of recharging from hunger on the other side and that they said the common denominator uh, for them was hunger. I screwed that up. I didn't say that right, Matt. That's okay. But you know what? But this is raw. Power it's through. real. We're not going to edit this out. We're going to go with it. So it was like energy recharge on the one side, satisfaction on the other. And what they determined was hunger was the thing in the middle. All right. Uh, so they based the idea on hunger and how this idea, and they directed it towards males. For some reason, they thought like the market for this was male. So they came up with this idea that like, well, when you're hungry, you're just not really yourself. All right. And that is, that was the, the big idea. And that is where this whole campaign came from. So enough about that. Why don't we dive in and why don't we watch the spot that launched it all? There was an ambulance going by. Um, this is such a dumpster fire. Uh, the spot that launched it all, the, the 2010 Super Bowl commercial. Mike, come on! Mike, what is your deal, oh, man? Oh, come on, man. You've been riding me all day. Mike, you're playing like Betty White out there. That's not what your girlfriend said. Oh, baby! Eat a Snickers. Better? That hurt. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. Not bad, huh? That's something I've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I like that one. Um, I, I, I especially like that it. it so I, I, I did a little research on this, right? And one thing that I know that I uncovered was uh, back in 2010, this was like kind of the, like what kickstarted Betty White's kind of comeback and like, um, you know, her, her memedom, right? Um, I don't know how true that is, but to me, uh, that, that sounded about right, which, hey, even if Snickers, you know, didn't sell more, which I believe you're about to tell us that they did, uh, at least it gave us Betty White memes. Yeah, yeah. I that's as I can return the favor now. I did know that. That we take that for granted that like Betty White is just like this like rock star, right? Right. Um, but yeah, it was this commercial that kind of helped relaunch her um into the the public eye again and kind of um yeah. So tell me, um wh what are your feelings on that? Right? Like so celebrity 
in your ad, you know, let, let's say you're Snickers and you're bringing back Betty White. Like you may not know that you're doing it, but then Betty White becomes like this rock star, right? How do you feel about that if you're Snickers? Well, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think um, it showed a side of Betty White that I think we weren't, you know, totally familiar with, right? And I think that's one of the, the, the things that makes the spot work so well is it's completely unexpected. All right. Like, which so big deal for me is like, you know, doesn't add defy expectations. Right. Because that's going to have a lot to do with how interesting it is. Right. So the fact that they used Betty White, the whole fact that it's, it's this football game's happening. Why is Betty White in the middle of it? Why is it Betty White? Why is there, any, why is there an elderly woman in this to begin with? And it happens to be Betty White. Uh, and then, I mean, she, she gets hit. I mean, that's amazing. Right. And then um, obviously she transforms back to the actual, you know, to the dude uh, and you don't see that coming. Right. We know now years later, having seen so many of these commercials, we know what's going to happen. But in that time, like no one knew that that was going to happen. So totally unexpected, could not have predicted it. Uh, And it showed a side of Betty White that, again, I think was unexpected. It's like, did she really just say that's not what your girlfriend said? Right. Or something to that effect. Right. Like totally, again, totally unexpected, not what you would ex- think would come out of the, the mouth of Betty White yet. There it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't always love celebrities in ads uh, because I think there's always the chance that the celebrity dominates the ad and what everybody talks about. Um, you know, uh, I, I think BBDO was, uh, you know, clever enough and, and, and uh, smart enough to, uh, you know, make the product a part of the joke, right? A part of the celebrity um, because it, you know, literally transforms Betty White back into, as you so aptly put it, the dude, right? Um, you know, so from that, from that respect, I, I, I love it. Um, I think uh, nobody's ever really going to call this just the Betty White ad. I think that makes it the Betty White Snickers ad. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, and I think that another element that I enjoyed about it was at the end when uh, you think the ad's over. And I love this technique, by the way. And you see Geico does this a lot. Progressive does this a lot. And they're not the only ones. Uh, those are the ones that come to mind. But when you think the ad's over, the ad isn't actually over. There's this other unexpected element that comes along that's surprising and with that surprise comes to light. And so when the older gentleman gets clobbered and his name, I looked him up, I was like, I know, who is that guy? How do I know that guy? Um, that's, uh, his, he's an actor, his name. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You already know this, don't you? No, I don't. You got me this one. I didn't oh, know that. So this, this, is a, this is a famous actor or an actor? I would say famous <laughs> in his own right. Um, and probably more famous to a generation that's just one generation older than you and I. So that's Abe Vigoda. Uh, and his most famous role was as Salvatore Tessio in the Godfather, uh, movies. I think he's in the first one and in the second one. And then I guess he was also a a staple character on the Barney Miller show in the seventies, which I really have very little frame of reference for. So those are the two big things for him. So again, um, similar generation as Betty White. I don't totally know why they chose um, 
Abe Vigoda for that yeah. for that role, right? How that ended up happening. Um, but I thought also it worked really well. I thought he was perfect. You know, his reaction in, in that role was perfect. And again, I loved how unexpected it was. So this was uh, 2010. So we're talking yeah. 11 years ago, right? Yeah. Um, I wonder if I even really knew who Betty White was back then. Um, but obviously I wasn't necessarily the target at that point in time. Um, I know it's not that long ago, but so you didn't grow up on um, Golden Girls reruns. I, I did not. So I was uh, the the eldest of three boys. Uh, my poor mother was outnumbered, you know, four four to one. Uh, yeah, you know, if we include my father, uh, grew up on Star Trek. Uh, grew up on, you know, Nickelodeon. I'm a I'm a Nick kid. So, hey Arnold. Oh. Rocco's Modern Life, Beavis and Butthead, Ren and Stimpy. Um, gotcha. So no, yeah, no, no Golden Girls. Right. How about you? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, I was a huge, we watched a lot of Golden Girls. Um, and I actually, I, I probably watched it when it was still actually just like on air before it went into uh, to reruns. I also, by the way, am one of three boys. Oh. Um, so we have this very similar situation um, going on there. Other things about this ad that I, I enjoy, like, so, cause for me, right. Cause you know, this is the Betty white podcast. That's right. For me, how I judge effectiveness of an advertisement is on three things. Does it grab attention? Um, or I, or I, a better phrase would be, does it demand attention? Okay. Does it defy expectations and does it create conversation? Right. So that's kind of, those are usually the, the, the three measures that I use. And certainly we talked about the defining expectations and it does it very well throughout. I think the whole demand attention, it certainly does that right from the get go. There's a lot of action and activity. And so you, I think it pulls you in to try to figure out what's going on. And you very quickly see that Betty White is in the fray and now boom, okay, something's not right here. I want to know what's going to happen. So I definitely think that it demands attention and it moves quickly enough to hold your attention throughout the piece. Uh, we talked about the expectation thing and then on the creating conversation. Absolutely. I mean, like yeah. it was like, I mean, did you see that? Did you see that ad? Did you see Betty White? Did you see what she said? The comment about the girlfriend, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, so I definitely think that it is uh, conversation worthy. And so for those reasons, I think that it is an excellent ad. And yeah. oh yeah, by the way, the campaign overall, not just this ad, we're going to watch two more. We got two more of these in the series of this. They made many, many of these and not just television spots, but we're just going to look at the TV spots today. Um, in the end, they, they attributed a 16% global increase in sales of Snickers to the you're not you when you're hungry campaign. And that's been in effect now for about 10 years. And they, I think they're still sticking with it. Um, I had seen an article recently, the C, was it the CMO, someone over there was talking about uh, the value of commitment to a campaign and to a big idea. And I think again, Snickers and the you're not you and you're hungry campaign is a perfect example of that. I mean, think of the really big, big brands who has stuck with the same campaign concept for 10 years, like maybe I mean, maybe not even 10 months, it seems these days, right? So I think that's pretty impressive. Yes and no. I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, I think a lot to it. I think 
many of them bring it back, right? Seasonality. Um, you know, what, what happens, uh, what does Coca-Cola do every Christmas? Immediately you think. True. Polar, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. True. Uh, true. M&M's. True. Uh, M&M's is, yeah, you know, it, it's the, the little M&M's and Santa Claus and all yeah. the, all their antics. Yeah. I was uh, thinking Geico, the, ga- the gecko specifically, not necessarily all the different things they've done along the way, but the gecko, the 15 minutes thing, of course, also is something that they've, they've been consistently using. The nationwide jingle has, uh, I believe, was written in the 60s. Uh, I'm not going to sing it, but I think it's probably in your head already. And mm-hmm. just you saying it, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, but I think like when you think about big brands, you know, uh, most of them have something that they've done for a long time. Some, you know, some frame of reference that most of, you know, anything that they have uh, brand wise is built on. Um, and I think that's, you know, a large part of what has made them successful, right? Otherwise, why did they advertise? You know, it's, it's not just for entertainment. It's for, um, you know, it's to, to drive sales to the brand, to drive awareness. You know, I, I look at it uh, kind of similarly. Uh, you know, I, 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 I usually use uh, memorable, motivating, and truthful. Um, I think they sort of correlate to the things that you have said. So, of course, you want to demand attention, but you want people to remember it afterwards, right? So you can demand attention, um, and then if you completely let them down, you know, they, they're, mm-hmm. they're either not going to remember it or they're going to rem- remember it negatively. Because there is a such thing as, you know, negative advertising, you know, that, ah, screw that, I'm never going to buy from that brand ever again. You know, you may not do it intentionally, just like you don't make that purchase. It's just like how you've seen these ads and you went, for a Snickers bar rather than a Twix in that moment, you know, um, I, I think it's, I think it's equally important to be memorable. Um, and then uh, the motivating, right. It's, it's making you, uh, you know, want to pick up that, that Snickers instead. And I think that this campaign does that very well. Um, and the truthful, um, you know, it, they're not making some ridiculous claim that it's going to uh, help you play a better football game. It's just saying that you're not you. I think that's incredibly important for this because anytime uh, you know a, a viewer, the public, any of us sees something that is so clearly like, yeah, right, you know, that makes that all of that money that they spent on you know getting Betty White and producing this whole thing and coming up with this concept. Anytime somebody says, yeah, right, you're dead in the water. I think that's why truthful. Um, you know, the tr- telling the truth in your advertising is so incredibly important. So with that, I think we've both said what we wanted to say about this one. Uh, shall we move on to the one that I'm probably most excited about? Uh, because there is a certain Mr. Bean in it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it.
别打你的二货拳了，来条 Snickers。兄弟，怎么样？来劲了 ！You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers, get some nuts. So that one was released、uh, in the UK, right, in 2014. And I love this one. I had never seen it before. You sent it over to me. Ah,、uh, gotcha. Strongest. I think this is the strongest of all three. I love Mr. Bean though, so it could be just a bias. Sure. But I think、sure. it's smart that they used, you know, somebody recognizable.、Uh, if this was a UK campaign, right?、Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, Betty White is、uh, plenty famous in the UK. I don't know. Maybe she isn't, right?、Um, but knowing well, that、yeah. Rowan Atkinson is just so beloved,、uh, at least that's my understanding of it.、Um, I think it was definitely smart. Yeah, I think.、Um... You made a comment earlier about、uh, celebrity use in advertising, and I'm typically not usually a fan of it myself. Actually,、um, right. I think、uh, for for many some of the reasons you mentioned, but also sometimes I think it's just like there's something about it seems like the cheap play. You know, what I mean, it's like oh, what、yeah. we're going to do is we're going to, you know, we'll we'll purchase, you know, some attention, attention here, right, right? By, you know, putting this famous person, you know, in our ad, whatever.、Um, <clears throat> But I think that the way that Snickers has done it is really well done.、Um, they did it in—I、uh, I don't, I don't know—I'd say most of、um, their spots for this, but a great majority of them, I believe, had celebrities. There was one with Aretha Franklin, I think, right in it.、Um, Sounds familiar. Yeah.、Um, so anyway, so yeah, I think that is—I think that they did it. They did it effectively. All right, and so, and certainly, like having you know Rowan Atkinson in it,、um, as as an actor, and maybe that's part of it too. Is like Betty White's an actress or an actor, right? You know, Rowan Atkinson, an actor, right? So what they can bring to the spot, I think, is different than what perhaps like putting a a football player or、Good、like a, you know an athlete or something in there. But yeah, but I think that、um, you know. This one was a little longer. I mean, this one is is got about a minute running time、uh, on this one, but you're you don't feel like it's long. You're not like waiting for the、mm-hmm. thing to be over because it totally hooks you, and because you don't know what the heck is happening. Like why why is this happening? It's a familiar setting using that kind of like that absurd kung fu kind of movie style, right? Which was. Um, you know, I don't know when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out, but kind of you know, a little bit before that, this one was produced, but kind of recently enough to be able to like be familiar with the idea of that.、Um, but then there's Mr. Bean, and why is he on a roof? What you know, obviously he can't do the things that they're doing. It's hilarious, right?、Um, <clears throat> and obviously, you know, his facial expressions, you know, are like are like everything. You know, again, I think.、Um, It's unexpected. Again, we know watching the spot, we know what's supposed to happen. We know the punchline、right. at the end is that it's not really Mr. Bean. It's probably another one of these, you know, kung fu masters or whatever,、um, ninjas, whatever.、Um, but when you first see this spot and you don't know that that's what's going to happen. It's totally unexpected, right? And you don't it, which I think is brilliant, right? Like, how far into it do you get? Before you actually are like, oh, I know what's going to happen.、Yeah. You almost get to the point of it's like 
there's the Snickers bar. And it's like, oh, dang it. Why didn't I see this coming? I should have seen this coming, but you totally didn't. And so it's super well done. Right. And so, again, I right. think it's it defies expectations in that way. I think it does demand attention because there's so many interesting elements and the plot to it just doesn't make sense. So your brain's like, all right, what's happening here? I want to figure this out. You know, where is this? Right. Where is this leading to? And of course, it entertains you along the way. Right. <clears throat> um, I know truthful is is a thing to you. And I would wonder about something like this. Like, really, there's nothing that truthful to- about. About this, right? But I, I would say it was still an effective spot in the campaign, though, right? Even though it is not really grounded in much reality at all. Sure, um, I think it, it kind of gets a pass on that because it is so very clearly kind of like a uh, fantasy world that it's occurring in, right? Nobody, you know, um, you know it's it's it, it it almost kind of like uh reads like a, a a movie set right like you know that this is uh like this is a movie this is something that's happening you know um i think it's actually like kind of smart that they used mr bean for this because this is something that his character in one of his movies or shows uh would have gotten into like this is like i mean or or at least you can you can uh, uh, imagine, right? Actually happening in one of these shows. So, so it's there's not what Atkinson. it is. It's Mr. It's, Bean. It's true to Mr. Bean. And that's yes. what helps to sell it because I could totally see Mr. Bean finding himself in this set of circumstances. Absolutely. And I think you're, I think you're right about the suspended disbelief, right? Like it is right. clearly absurd and fantastical. And though it is quote based in reality, Right. There's some there's many reality yeah. hooks, as we might say, you know, to the spot. It clearly is fantasy. And so you're right. right. So you, you turn that part whereas, of your brain off. Yeah. Where, whereas playing a, a you know, a, fo- a, a pickup football game in a field like that is, you know, that, that's pretty realistic for, for most of us, at least. Um, you know, so I, I think they did a great job with this one um, to kind of, you know, overcome that. Somebody's thinking about it the way I think about it, apparently. Yeah, 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 cool. No, so a good example of how they made it um, appropriate for the market, right, for the UK, right, and and also, um, you know, accomplish all those other things that we discussed along the way. So, so we've got one more. Um, yeah. Let me cue it up here. Marsha, what happened? Peter hit me in the nose with a football. I can't go to the dance like this. Well, I'm sure it was an accident, sweetheart. An eye for an eye. That's what dad always says. I never said that, honey. Shut up! Time to teach Peter a lesson. Marsha, eat a Snickers. Why? You get a little hostile when you're hungry. Better? Better. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Jan, this isn't about you. It never is! Can I start on this one? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, I think my favorite part about this, and it's interesting because when you first uh you know brought this to me and said i want to do this one uh i think i even said to you doesn't really do much for me i don't really love it um i watched it a couple of times and it didn't occur to me the last joke right the jan joke didn't it had never landed for me that jan is never herself because everybody ignores her and she you know so all she needs is the snickers and she could she could also become a marsha 
and it never landed for me. And, and to some degree, I wonder if that's bad um, because how many other people did it not land for? Right, uh, right, right. But potentially um, maybe the generation, the Brady Bunch generation. So, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit older than us. Um, you know, maybe that did land for all of them. And I'm just not the target of this particular ad. I think that's an important thing to, to remember when we're talking about this is that we're not always the target. So um, often our opinion of it uh, is, is somewhat irrelevant. You know, if, if yeah. you know, that's definitely something that my mother may have gotten, right? Um, but I'm not, you know, I didn't grow up watching the Brady Bunch. Um, I've right. seen it enough to, to kind of understand that now. Um, but I think that that's, that that's my favorite part. I think it kind of goes back to the first one where there's like that surprise at the end, the surprise ending, mm-hmm. um, which I think is brilliant. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it took me a while. And, and now that I, now that I've gotten that little nugget of a joke, I, I, I kind of really like this one. Cool. Look at that. Huh? Making a believer out of them. Right. Sometimes it just takes a little, uh, little persistence. Right. Um, and is that maybe, maybe, um, you know, a, uh, demonstrating the importance of, uh, consistency and frequency with your advertising? I was going to go there. Yeah. Um, we get those comments um, on occasion when we're building campaigns for our clients and they're like, you know, there's certain elements in there that might be subtle. Right. Or they're, you know, and like, well, people fill in the blank there. Well, this, you know, concerns that are actually not really concerns when you explain people aren't going to see this thing one time or hear right. this thing one time, it's going to be repeated again and again and again. And so, yes, they might pick up different aspects or nuances of it over time. And I think that that makes it have a longer shelf life as well, because Absolutely. there's more there to it's appreciate whether you pick up on it or not, right? There's something happening kind of like deeper below the surface. I actually did not um, pick up on that the, the Jan could be Marsha. That's brilliant. And I often wonder with stuff like that, are you brilliant in observing it in that the, the creators subconsciously put that in there because you're talking about like core human identity, self-actualization type things that every single person on the planet is going through, whether you consciously acknowledge it or not. So like, you know, like you create something, you don't always know everything that you're baking into that thing. And people say, oh, I read that, or I saw that. And it made me think of this, or that was so cool how you invoked this. And you're like, yeah, I had no idea that was in there. And it's cool (laughs) that that's in there. I had no idea that that was in there. So I think that's actually pretty brilliant that you made that observation because it did not occur to me. What I appreciated about it was just the fact that, hey, there was always this thing between Marsha and Jan. I did grow up not watching it when it was originally on, but watching the reruns of it. And when we weren't watching Golden Girls, we were watching the Brady Bunch and maybe some Silver Spoon, uh, Ricky Schroeder, no, anyone? Um, so yeah, another one you maybe just missed. Um, so anyway, so I just appreciated the fact that it was surprising, like, oh, hey, there's Jan now, right? Uh, yeah. And um, And of course, Jan is Steve Buscemi and he just storms off, he never actually gets to transform into right. Jan. So like it's it's odd in that way because you've got Mr. and Mrs. Brady, right? So you've got like file footage of them, 
right, doing this, which I think is also very cool that they took that. Again, what things that I think make it interesting and make it watchable again and again is because there's all these kind of unique and interesting kind of techniques that they're, that, that they're doing. You've got kind of fake Mr. and Mrs. Brady, but being applied in an effectively real way. Um, you've got fake Marsha, but a modern actor doing it, right? And mm -hmm. then you've got, you pan over to Steve Bouchette. The whole thing, it's just really bizarre, right? But it totally works, totally works. And throughout the whole thing, you're feeling good as you're doing it, right? Like the whole, like, like you yeah. always say, dad, an eye for an eye. Mr. Brady never in a million years said that and would <laughs> never say that, right? Would never say that, right? So that's yeah. like, it's so it's absurd and it's hilarious, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's funny. You know, uh, I'm still, I'm, I don't know that you made me a believer in it. I, I, I'm still on the fence on this one because I think it's almost too over the top. I think, it, I think, it, you know, uh, what's his name? Is, is it Danny Trejo? Is the, yeah. Yeah. Danny Trejo. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think something is just something about all of it is just a little bit too much for my taste. Right. Um, but you know, obviously it's worked. Um, and it, that it was absolutely a, uh, what year did that one come out? It was, it was, that was, that was 2015, 2015, 2015, you know, I, and it was a, also a Super Bowl commercial. Here, so I don't know that here, here, we are, here we are five years later, six years later, still, you know, talking about it. And I think I, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a memorable ad, right? Like it is incredibly memorable. Um, you know, I, I think similarly to the the Rowan Atkinson one, it doesn't really need to uh, pass too many, too much of like the truthful test because it is so like fantastic. Um, it's a TV show. We're right. watching like an excerpt, right, right, of a TV show, so we know it's we know it's fiction. And then you know, as as far as motivating, I think first of all, I think a lot of Super Bowl ads, uh, you know, this is this is usually where. They fall short in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think if we did like a series of Super Bowl ads, I think um, you know typically it's the, the the motivating piece that you know it's it's always great at you know demanding attention, um, even though it's the Super Bowl, right? Like most mm -hmm. people are already attentive, right? You've already okay. got that attention. Um, it's that motivation to like actually go out and you know sort of uh, you know do the thing that. The advertiser wants you to do right yeah um, which in this case is you know pick up a snickers instead of a, a twix or whatever it yeah. is twix so, mars also so uh, yeah twix is mars and that's actually something that they did um i can't remember what market they did I it in saw that no, i like those i thought that was incredibly clever. so we should we should tell people what we're actually talking about right we so, should shouldn't we that's good yeah good radio so uh it was um in print they had um, other Mars candy bars, like the Mars bar. And I think Almond Joy was one and Twix was the other. And they had the same packaging and wrapping for let's say a Twix, but it said Snickers on it. And an Almond Joy looks just like an Almond Joy, but it says Snickers on it. And the whole idea there is you're not you when you're hungry. So the, yeah. their other candy bars themselves are not themselves. It's Again, like it's it's kind of meta. It's a little it's, meta. Yeah, it's it's cool. I liked though. it. It's cool. I like you know, it. To the, to the I point, usually don't go for that kind of stuff. To the point of motivating, 
Because I think on that, I feel like, yeah, that's that's a useful um, mechanism or way to think about it. But I think a lot of it comes down to how does this thing make me feel, right? Do I like you more? Am I more open to you? And more, are you more favorable or vice versa to me as a result sure. of this interaction, right? When it comes, like, so, because you're right, we're not really analyzing when we grab a candy bar, right? There's not, I think, like, at least not for me, this is not an intellectual pursuit when I'm trying to select a candy bar, right? So I think that there is this kind of like automatic reflexive response that really great advertising can, I think, accomplish by baking associations into you through what, how the ad performs, right? Sure. So that's a, that's a wonky way to say that. But like if it's I, okay. because I like Betty White, because I also think there's a common denominator between the people that they choose. They always choose these, these celebrities that seem to be super, super well-liked. All right, you know? That's so true. I like Betty White. She makes me feel good. You associate something with Betty White, I might feel better about that thing because it's associated with Betty White. Steve Buscemi. Rowan Atkinson, Danny Trejo. All right. You know, so I think that there could, the, the motivating value there could simply be because I like the Brady bunch. I like, you know, and these different things. And then it's okay. That makes me more likely to choose a Snickers bar the next time. And so that accomplishes the same objective of motivation when you, cause if the goal is to get people and we know that people do things based on familiarity, comfort, reinforcement, all that sort of stuff. Right. So maybe that is doing that. It's just not doing it in the same explicit manner, perhaps like a hey, drop everything and go out and do this sort of thing, you know, or well, no, and, on and your list to of do. Course, right? Of course, that's not something, not what I mean by motivating. Sure. I, um, as I said that, I realized that it's probably an overstatement, but. Right. But there are some, there are some know, ads that operate that way that it's like this ad should get you to freaking get a my pillow right now. Like get your my pillow after you watch this ad, right? I don't know. It's, it's what came to me. It's not getting to that. <laughs> you know, so when, when I talk about motivating, so everybody has, or most people have, you know, their favorite, you know, let's say candy bar in, in, you know, in that category, their favorite of the category, right? Motivating for me would be to take a Twix person, you know, a, a Twix man and turn them into yeah. a Snickers man, right? Um, or whatever, somebody who normally grabs M&Ms and turn them into a Snickers man. I'm coming around to your side there uh, that the motivation is just the familiarity and you're tight. You're using all of these other things. I think that's really, really insightful. Um, but I, and there's just still something missing for me on that. And I think we're not going to get it. You know, I'm not going to get it in this episode. What um, if we just talk about it for another hour? I know. Right. Remember when we said that we wanted to limit these to, uh, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. I was actually just thinking about that. Yeah, this is, uh, well, we'll talk about that offline. We can edit that out. Yeah. So this is our first episode, the ending of our first episode. Um, I think maybe we should, uh, you know, talk about uh, where people can find us uh, and maybe something that we would like them to do, like subscribe, uh, maybe 
uh, share with their friends, um, things like that. It was at that moment that Eric and I realized we had no plan for closing out this podcast. Uh, so I'm doing it now. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I want to invite you to listen to our future episodes uh, that we will be releasing uh, probably every week. But again, not a super great plan just yet. We're working it out. Uh, we will be available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all of that stuff. Uh, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Um, and if there's somewhere that we have missed, uh, just let us know. Uh, thanks again. And I hope you enjoyed the show. And you can find us, you know, maybe we, and that way it can actually be like mapped out and done effectively. Yeah, we can do that. I've already decided. So, we've done it, man. We're done? We've recorded, we've, we've recorded our first episode. This was such a dumpster fire, dude. Okay. No, I've enjoyed it. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to pop your top while I screw off.